Amen. Again, uh, good to have Joy back. She's on a long deployment. Good to have her back in the house of God. She's hobbling a little bit, so pray for her. We pray for her after service. She had a sciatic nerve, then a hamstring pulled. So we're going to pray for her. You healed up. Colossians chapter 1, if you got your Bible, Colossians 1. Uh, this morning, I want to preach a sermon of, uh, titled, uh, Amen, Rescued. Colossians 1, uh, Rescued. Uh, during World War II, many Americans were uh, captured and taken to be POWs by the Japanese. And if you read anything about it, the Japanese were pretty brutal back in the day. But on one occasion, the Sixth Army uh, staged a rescue operation that almost was suicidal in scope. There was heavy Japanese activity in the area, uh, but rangers stuck or snuck into the camp on January 30, 1945, overwhelmed the guards and managed to move the prisoners, uh, many of whom were sick. In all, 510 prisoners were rescued with just two Army casualties. Today, the Daring Rescue Mission is known as the Great Raid and celebrated as one of the most bravest things anybody's ever done. Our text is about a rescue mission. Uh, Jesus coming, uh, going to the cross, and thereby, uh, amen, uh, freeing all those that would call upon his name for salvation. Let's read our text, Colossians 1, just two verses. It said, for he has rescued, uh, a living translation, for he has rescued us from the, uh, from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of Sin. Let me read it one more time. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sin. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking you this morning, God, breathe up on this service. God, help us understand the rescue. God, that took place, you sent your son. Jesus went to the cross, died for our sins. Uh, God rose again, God, thereby freeing us, God, all that would call upon his name uh, from the powers of sin to serve you and do your will. God, we worship your name. God's people say amen. So the first thing, being rescued from the dominion of darkness. Uh, you know, Satan's dominion uh, in the earth speaks two things very clearly. One, it speaks on how much we need Jesus. And two, it shows us how Satan is destroying the lives of people in the world. For dominion means sovereignty, control, and authority over areas and people or both. Second uh, Corinthians 4.4 4 says uh, that Satan is the god of this age and he has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So Satan, the god of this world or the god of this age, meaning... Uh, he, has the major, he is the major, major influence of the ideas, opinions, goals, and views uh, of the majority of people. And we see it today, right? I mean, most of the world is unsaved. They're not believers, not Christians. Uh, so he has this stronghold on their mind uh, over their views, opinions. You can talk to people on the street, uh, and you can see it very clearly. His influence encompasses the world's philosophies, uh, this is knowledge and values. Uh, we see this in the abortion rallies. Uh, uh, you know, think, who do you think are behind that? I mean, this last few years of just all the rioting uh, and the different things they did. And, you know, Satan's pushing the buttons. 
He's behind that. Amen. Uh, uh, his influence uh, encompasses education. This is teaching, learning schools, uh, and parents. That's why you need to be on top of what your school is teaching your children. Be active in that because uh, some of this literature, I've seen some of it. Uh, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty not good. Uh, amen. So uh, you can look into your school. But listen, he's, he's behind all that. He's encompassed converse, uh, the buying and selling, Ephesians 2.2. 2. Uh, Satan is called the prince of the power of the air, John 12. He is the ruler of this world. So he has a dominion. We know he doesn't have complete sovereignty. God is still sovereign. Uh, but Satan does have a dominion uh, uh, over many things. Uh, again, world philosophy, education, commerce. Uh, there's a definitely a demonic movement in this and and so we're seeing this play out in the world before our eyes our text says he is a dominion of darkness uh, so uh, he moves in darkness we understand that darkness this is the uh, the partial or total absence of light uh, but this shows us how Satan works uh, and deceiving and blinding people from the truth of uh, God, amen. So Satan will never come and tell you, listen, uh, God's not real. Because he knows we're not going to believe that. We're going to say, no, he is real. We believe in God. But he will give you partial. Uh, he lose, moves in partial darkness to full darkness. Uh, amen. This is how we see Eve got deceived uh, in the garden. He lied and he deceived, but just a little. The devil, the, you know, the serpent didn't come and say, God's not real, Eve. What are you doing? Well, you know, why are you believing in God? He's not real. He, she knows he's real, but he came with this. I want to read it uh, uh, to you, saying he's not fair. He's too strict. Says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, uh, did God really say you must not eat of all the trees of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat uh, fruit from the trees of the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the midst of the garden. And you must not touch it lest you die. Verse 4. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. So here's Satan at work. There's a partial darkness here. Uh, he's not telling the whole truth, yet, but he's uh, just enough there to get her thinking, well, maybe God is unrighteous. Maybe God's not doing right uh, uh, with us and got our mind moving uh, in a direction and we know where it ended. So Satan has a lot of world powers that they do in his work for him. I know a young lady that uh, was close to us at one time, uh, raised in church, involved in the things of God, served God. Uh, uh, she goes off to college and after four years, uh, she comes back. You can't even say Jesus in her presence without drama taking place, without her getting upset. Dad, she believes all this kind of stuff now. Well, how'd that happen? Uh, well, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Amen. Uh, uh, Satan has a dominion over this education in college. Yeah, these uh, uh, people are taught her all kinds of stuff. Satan always makes sin look, uh, look uh, satisfying, doesn't he? Verse 6, when a woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, 
not so desirable for gaining wisdom, she took from it and ate. So Satan's never going to bring something ugly before you say, hey, uh, or something dissatisfying. You're going to bring something that looks good, something that's wanted, uh, but it's going to lead to total darkness. Maybe just a bit at first, but listen, it's going to be blinding later. You know, once someone sins, they always share it, don't they? That's why I've always said nobody sins alone. So it says she gave to her husband who was with her, and he ate as well. So, uh, so listen, this is how it works. Uh, Satan's got a dominion in the world today. Uh, and we need to understand this. Again, he's not complete sovereign. We know God is sovereign, but he does have a dominion in darkness. Uh, he has an authority in darkness that covers uh, every city, every town, every race, every uh, ethnic group, every nation of the world. And there's definitely a pow- power of darkness moving in the world, and we feel it every day. But the truth is, sin's, uh, the devil's objective is to put you in shackles and chains. Sin always leads to shackles and chains and prison doors. And this is always Satan's goal, is to get you shackled somewhere. In our text, the word rescued uh, means to be free cut from confinement. So once somebody sins, once they believe the lie and they sin, uh, uh, amen, they're shackled. Uh, maybe, you can't, may not be able to see it, but there's shackles, there's prison doors, there's chains uh, that begin to take place. And sin by its nature, again, brings shackles, chains, and prison doors. Everyone here before salvation, you were shackled. You were chained and you, behind prison doors. This could be bitterness. This could be immorality, fear, hate, pride, alcohol, drugs, violence, uh, uh, or maybe all of the above, but you couldn't escape. This was on you. You were shackled. Uh, uh, you were chained. It's like, doesn't matter how you tried to break and cut yourself loose, break loose. Uh, it was always there. As we go through the pages of the Bible, we see this. I want to give you a couple of examples. Uh, Genesis 4. We know that Cain raises or rises up and kills his brother Abel. Uh, uh, Cain's shackles and chains and prison doors uh, was anger and violence here. And on a normal day, uh, he was okay. But the circumstances right, uh, amen, we're going to see this. And we know the circumstance came to be where God uh, rebuked him uh, uh, for not doing right and that anger and rage rose to the place we see it. And even though God even tried to intervene, God said, listen, uh, uh, you know, if you repent, uh, you're going to do well, but if you don't, sin lies at the door. We know he stayed in that. Uh, and his violence and rage played out killing his brother Abel. Now, I've seen anger and violence cause a lot of trouble in my life. I've seen road rage, domestic violence, child abuse, uh, all of that from... Uh, Anger, rage, violence, however you want to say it. And, and so these, these are very real this morning. Uh, these are very real issues that we can talk about. Uh, King David commits adultery. You know, David's shackles changed prison doors with immorality if you follow his life. Uh, on the outside, he's a normal guy. He worked, he was married, he had children, uh, uh, was doing well in life, but given the opportunity... Uh, uh, we know he fell in to sin and caused a lot of damage. 
You know, today Hollywood pornography is making billions off immorality. Immorality this morning is destroying lives, marriage, children's homes. Uh, uh, these are shackles in our generation, uh, change prison doors. And so we're talking about something very real this morning. Uh, Daniel 3 talks about King Nebuchadnezzar's pride here, verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high, 90 feet wide, and set it up in the plain of Dura, uh, the province of uh, Babylon. As soon as you hear the sound of the, the horn, the flute, the harp, pipes, and all the music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. Whosoever does not fall down and worship uh, will immediately be thrown into the blazing uh, furnace. So this image of gold uh, was of himself. Now this is pride uh, uh, exalted. Amen. makes an image of himself. And listen, uh, whenever you hear the music, you fall down and worship. If you don't worship, uh, you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And we know the end result of pride is mostly insanity. Uh, we know in uh, uh, Daniel 4, he's in the field, he's eating grass for seven years like a wild animal. But listen, our day, I've seen pride do damage. I've seen men lose jobs over pride. I've seen them uh, have trouble in marriage with their children. Uh, I've seen women destroy their homes uh, over pride. So we're talking about real strongholds this morning. The devil has a dominion uh, uh, over life. So the point I'm trying to make this morning is Satan's goal is to shackle you. Satan's goal is to chain you, keep you behind prison doors. Uh, that's why uh, before we get saved, if you'd be honest, that's exactly where you were. When I came into the service like this, I was shackled, chained uh, by all kinds of uh, worldly things, and I needed somebody to rescue me. Secondly, let's look at conveyed into the kingdom of his son. Much more happens at salvation than we can ever imagine. As we say a prayer, shackles and chains are being broken uh, and prison doors are being opened. As we simply say a prayer, Jesus, come into my heart, uh, be my Lord and Savior, I surrender my life to you. As we say this prayer, supernaturally, I know we can't see it uh, in the natural, but supernaturally we can feel it, we can sense it. Uh, I mean, shackles and chains are broken. I felt it when I got saved. Uh, I felt uh, just the shame and all the, uh, the, the just run off of my life. And I, I didn't know what happened, but I knew something happened. Well, what happens is these shackles and chains are broken. Uh, that prison doors open said, brought us into the kingdom of His Son He loves. The New King James says He has delivered us from the powers of darkness and conveyed us into the son or the kingdom of his son. This word conveys means transported uh, from one place to the other. So the moment we give our life to Jesus, uh, not only are these chains and shackles broken, prison doors open, but God takes us from that place now and puts us in the kingdom of God, uh, of his son he loves, uh, a whole different environment, a whole different surroundings, uh, and that's why it's good to be found in the house of God is completely different from the world. And so, but this all happens the moment we're saved. So think about how, how big this miracle of salvation is. 
I mean, the moment you get saved, that dominion that was driving you, that dominion that had you in shackles and chains behind prison doors, uh, immediately is broken away where uh, God grabs us, takes us, transports us uh, to a place in his kingdom. All that happens at salvation. And that's a powerful thing this morning. In salvation, God takes us completely out of darkness. Uh, again, chains, shackles, prison doors uh, are broken and open. And, and now we have a place in his kingdom it says to whom uh, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Redemption here means exchange for payment, clearing the debt. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, I mentioned earlier at Genesis 3, the world was quickly filled with sin. Uh, chapter 6 of Genesis, three chapters later, said the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the earth or the human race had become on the earth, that every imagination of the thought of the human heart uh, was only evil all the time. So Jesus came into the world, pays the debt uh, of our sin. As Jesus goes to the cross, he said, it is finished. Uh, and when he said it is finished, the veil of the temple was ripped from top to bottom, the Bible said. That veil symbolized uh, a separation between God's people and himself. Uh, there could not be that, that relationship. There was a separation, but when Jesus uh, died on the cross, his blood was shed, redemption as it talks about uh, here, uh, whom we have redemption, forgiveness of sin, as Jesus cleared the debt, uh, paid the price. Uh, amen. What God's always wanted, amen, would happen. That veil was ripping. Now we're in his kingdom. Uh, we're part of his work. We're in his presence. Uh, and Jesus has conveyed us, transported us from uh, that place of sin now to a place before God. Aren't you thankful for that? That's why we can feel His presence. That's why we can pray and see His miracles. Uh, is because now we're in the kingdom of God uh, and His presence is available to us. Our text says He's rescued us uh, from the kingdom of darkness. Uh, aren't you thankful for that? That we're, as when you're saved, uh, you're no longer under that dominion of darkness. Satan cannot control you uh, anymore. Yes, he can still tempt, and he does, uh, but there's not that control. There's the shackles and chains are not there. Uh, the prison doors are not there either. But Jesus now uh, has given us power, amen, to live above sin. When Christians tell me, I just can't quit, say, no, you just don't want to quit. Either God's a liar or we're a liar. Amen. God says you're not held uh, behind prison doors anymore. Shackles and chains are not there. Uh, meaning, uh, listen, we have the power to live above sin. We have the power to live righteous. We're part of the kingdom of God. Uh, and we have his power in his presence. He has rescued us from darkness. Uh, Jesus on the cross was our rescuer. Imagine uh, those 510 men uh, in Japan behind POWs. Uh, and I'm not even going to say all that they went through. Uh, I mean, you can't really read it without your stomach just turning. But here's these 510. They've been starved. They've been beat. They've been... Uh, depleted from many things they need in life. Uh, we can only imagine the joy that when they looked up and seen them American Rangers and soldiers uh, coming and setting them free. Uh, I mean, uh, I've seen, I'm, I'm looking at the pictures, getting the sermon. I mean, just the joy, just the, uh, uh, the, you know, they could never imagine this day ever happening. 
But now they're being freed and listen, uh, as a Christian sometimes, that's what we ought to be. Wow, we just can't believe we're free. I mean, and just the joy, the overwhelming grace uh, that we should have just knowing that Jesus did. Man, we're, we're thankful. Rescued from the dominion of darkness this morning. Now that we've been rescued from sin. Amen. Now we've been given a dominion that's stronger than any dominion of darkness. Uh, we need to live right and live a surrendered life. So let me get to a good part here. Amen. We were once shackled, chained behind prison doors. Uh, Jesus came, rescued us. As you see the picture, uh, he reached his hand down, pulled us out. He rescued us uh, uh, from sin. Now we have a life to live for him. Ephesians 5.1 Therefore be imitators of God, my beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and a sacrifice for God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which is out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Uh, in other words, amen, now that we're Christians, uh, we need to live this glorious life uh, that represents Christ. Paul says, be imitators of Christ. Uh, as we read the Bible, it's no longer just an option, a story, but we're now to live this life. Come on. We're not to live like we're in the world anymore. We're not to live like we're in shackles uh, and chains behind prison doors because we're not. Amen. We're to live a Christian life that represents God uh, and the kingdom of God. So that's thanksgiving to God for his rescue. Amen. Two, we need to be a people reaching the world for Jesus. Matthew 28. One, we need to live for God. Two, we need to reach people. So go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, this is the work of the church. This is not just going to getting them, but this is working with them now that they're saved. He said, make disciples. These, are, these people are one. They're in the church. They're living for God. Uh, our job now as a congregation uh, is to make disciples uh, out of these believers, people that are coming in, uh, make disciples out of them. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is somebody that's going to uh, give themselves to the work of God. That's the work of the church this morning. That we're more, we're doing more than just coming to church, but these new believers uh, that are coming in, the past hour talks about a lot. Uh, amen. We need to be active in their lives. Amen. Discipling them, teaching them uh, the things of God, teaching them how to be a Christian, how to live for God. Now you've been taken out of the world. There's no more that dominion of darkness over your life. Uh, the shackles and chains are not there. Now we're going to help you live for God. We're going to help you learn to the things of God. Be a disciple and, and we're to train them in righteousness. Look thirdly at the, at the uh, we, uh, fight to the end. So one, we've been rescued. Two, uh, uh, Jesus has conveyed us to uh, another kingdom. And three, uh, it's, we have to fight to the end. There's no giving up here. Come on. There's no quitting. I fought hard enough. Uh, 
You know, even though God has rescued us from the dominion of power, conveyed us to the kingdom of God, uh, given us redemption and forgiveness of sin, that doesn't mean that uh, there's never going to be a battle or a storm here. That doesn't mean this is why uh, I believe messes up some Christians sometimes. If, if God has saved me, if I'm delivered, why am I still fighting this? Why am I in this struggle, this battle? Well, Satan hasn't laid down arms yet. First Peter 5.8, be alert and be sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone he can devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world uh, is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So Peter's saying, listen, uh, you've got to fight here. Uh, you're to be sober-minded, be clear-minded here. Uh, for your enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. And I lived in Africa. There's nothing like a roar from a lion. What a sin chills up down your spine. I mean, uh, you know, you go to uh, Zambia where I lived. If you can go to Zimbabwe, in, the, in between right there, they, uh, they got the live animals running around. Now, the, the lions aren't supposed to be just running around, but some of them do. Uh, but you can go into the, uh, the you know, uh, where they keep all the, the, the animals, in, in the, not in cages, but it's a big open area. You actually drive through there. We pulled up on five lions one time. They're massive. I mean, if you've never seen one close, they're massive. Their heads are like that. Uh, and and they're, they're in the middle of the road. And we're in our car. There's five lions. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? You got to move them? So I remember beeping the horn, uh, you know, trying to, hey, move, you know, I'm coming through. And I beeped the horn, and one just picked it up and roared, man. I mean, it was, uh, we're like, I mean, the skin crawled. I just backed up and went around them. <laughs> you can have the road, man. You know, well, that's what the devil does. He roars. So like a roaring lion, uh, he tries to act like he's something that he's not, uh, trying to bring back maybe the fears that you had in the flesh. He had a dominion over you at one time in the world, uh, and he tries to bring that back the roar. But listen, the Bible says we're to be sober-minded. Uh, listen, I'm not under that authority anymore. I'm not under that. We have to fight to the end. But Satan knows. Uh, uh, he's, he knows that he's defeated, but his hope uh, is that we'll flutter, we'll stumble, and we're throwing the towel. We begin to question our salvation. If I'm saved, uh, then how come? Again, I open my sermon up with the great raid. As I'm reading about this and looking at this morning, these rangers that had broke through the, uh, the you know, the, the enemy lines, they had lots of obstacles. Now, they were even stopped at a couple points as they're trying to as they're determined to break through and get these POWs out, there's been, there's been a lot of noise. Hey, these guys are, are trapped. There's a lot of them. They knew uh, about this camp. And these rangers are set. We're going to break through and, and get these out. And, uh, you know, so they're trying to, they're almost stopped in doing this. There's a lot of activity uh, going on. And they had to bed down for a few days, different places. But, you know, they had the mind, listen, we're going to get these out. Uh, we're going to accomplish our mission. Nothing was going to stop them uh, as the bullets were flying. And, and they, we know, again, they broke through. And, 
as the, as these rangers are, uh, some of them are taking care of the guards, uh, some of them are going in and, and opening the doors, getting out, these guys out of cages, but the problem with some of these POWs, they were in there so long, uh, they begin to beg to stay. They begin to, they were so depleted, so weak, uh, so abused, amen, just, uh, uh, they seen it, but they couldn't believe it. There's a soldier in American uniform trying to help them and get them out. They, uh, they almost, you know, they almost leave us alone. But the, the rangers had to begin to speak to them. Listen, uh, uh, we're here to help you. We're here to get you through this. We're, get, we're here to take you home. Uh, and as they begin to, you know, speak that message, you know, they got 510 of them out of there. Uh, and, and again, it's called the Great Raid, uh, one of the most courageous things ever known in history. But, you know, as Christians, you have to speak to your situation sometimes. You have to say, listen, I'm not going to die like that. I'm not going down. Uh, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to uh, believe God because, listen, Jesus has delivered us. He has done miracles, but we need to stay in the fight. First Timothy 6.12, Paul told a struggling Timothy here, said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you are called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Uh, Timothy's struggling here. And so Paul, uh, again, as a rescuer, hey, Timothy, listen, uh, you can't think like this. You've got to think like a believer now. Stay in the fight. Uh, press this thing through and as Christians, we have to have the mindset uh, this morning that, uh, listen, we're, we're going to fight all the way to the end. We're going to stay with this. We're going to press it in and press it through. Because if not, you don't want to go on. You don't want to go back into them shackles. You don't want to go all the way back into them chains and shackles and prison doors. Uh, uh, them were bad days, man. There, there, them were days we were ruled by a dominion of darkness. Uh, the devil's cruel. Listen, he will... As Evie gave her a little bit, uh, uh, it's not oh, it's not that bad. He don't look at, but the end was shackles. The end was a destroyed life. Don't let the devil deceive you. Uh, amen. Fight the good fight. Push it through. Let me close here. You know, Satan's whole goal is to deceive uh, into sin and the shackles. But two, listen, salvation by simple prayer. Uh, the shackles and chains were broken. Prison doors were open. Uh, we're free. Amen. And third, we have to fight fight this thing, man. we got to stay in the fight, push it through, believe God. Uh, and listen, one day we'll be heaven. We had people in the office this morning talking about a sermon Pastor Lamb preached. Uh, uh, Jesus is coming. He said it's very, very soon. Listen, Jesus is coming back soon. Stay in the fight. Let's bow our heads this morning. Sometimes it's just healthy to remember what we were delivered.